Beyond the, Beyond the Headlines. This is World Insight. Hello and welcome to World Insight. I'm Tian Wei. China's annual Central Economic World Conference was held in Beijing earlier this week when Chinese leaders decided on economic priorities for the year 2024. In the meeting, planners said China's economy has recovered with solid progress made in high-quality development this year. To keep this momentum, China still has to work through difficulties, according to the conference, such as the lack of effective demand and overcapacity in some sectors. On the economic work next year, the meeting sought to make progress while maintaining stability, consolidation, and establishing the new before abolishing the old, according to the World Conference. Also, the meeting listed priorities in nine aspects. So how do we look at China's economy overall? What can be the plan for the year 2024? To answer those questions, let's loop in our panelists. I'm so glad to be joined in Singapore, Jim Rogers, chairman at Rogers Holding in Hong Kong, Hong Hao, chief economist at Grow Investment Group. And in Beijing, Chu Qiang, research fellow from the Global Issues at the Beijing Foreign Studies University. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. The Central Thank Economic you. Work Conference has been talked a lot over the past few days. Now, to you, does it point out the growth engine of the Chinese economy, Mr. Hong? Uh, yes, I think um, there is a change of wording here. Uh, if you look at the minutes from uh, last year's Economic Work Conference, uh, the emphasis really uh, to stimulate domestic demand to boost economic growth. And I think, you know, this year, uh, even though we're still talking about uh, stimulating demand, but I think more focus and more wording and more discussion has been uh, spent on um, how best to use the te uh, technology advancement to propel economic growth. And I think, you know, that is um, one of the most important and most talked about uh, area of growth uh, for this year's meeting. So you can see a subtle change here. And I think many of us, you know, if you look at the market, the market uh, has already sort of perceived this uh, uh, before the, mm -hmm. uh, the conference even began. So I would say that, yeah, there is a change of focus here and technology would be one of the key drivers going forward. Yes, I think there's a subtle change in the wording of this conference. Uh, in previously, we always talk about how can we replace the old things with the new things. So we have focused on the growth on the new points. But this meeting, actually, they've been talking about stabilize the old things you know, while trying to switch on the new tracks. So which means we're going to also stick with the old paths. Meanwhile, try to focus on how we can shift the gears to the, uh, the new points. And besides the technology, I think what we mentioned also about how we can keep on opening up through the new channels, as well as focusing on the old part. For example, keep on upgrading and renovating the old town, uh, the shanty houses and etc. So I think this actually hit the point of uh, keep on growing, but meanwhile, try to defuse with the risk. Technology, how far will it be able to help the Chinese economy and support the Chinese economy for the year 2024, Mr. Hong? So I think, you know, uh, China right now is trying to very hard to develop its own uh, semiconductor industry. Uh, so obviously, you know, China has possessed a certain level of sophistication in this industry. But I think we're still sort of, you know, way behind the uh, the global uh, development uh, um, 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 uh, technology. So I think as a result, you know, as you can see, um, uh, Huawei, for example, was able to uh, produce its own seven uh, nanometer chips uh, for its mobile phone, and its mobile phone has been a hit uh, in the past two months. 
Uh, so I think you know many of these new technology are coming our way, and I think you know China is you know trying to showcase how mm. it itself can develop this kind of technology despite. Uh, the uh, the export embargo from the U.S. Are you talking about the year 2024, or are you talking about in the medium and long term? I think at this juncture, you know, it's a critical turning point. I think it, this is a turning point, uh, you know, in terms of the next decade in, instead of the next year. So I would say that you know the work conference, you know, not only set the path going forward for 2024, but also you know for for the path in the next decade. Uh, well, for technology, well, uh, some growth uh, area, which is long-term good, like EV and green energy and something, we've been a little bit afraid that can be some oversupply. But for some other issues, I think uh, there might be some good news. For example, right now we're facing some what we call the technology segregation or conflicts between different countries. But that can be actually some good opportunity for China, for example, AI. Uh, AI is actually, you know, uh, a lot of the foreign companies blocking Chinese IP, blocking Chinese access to their technology. But it, uh, on, con on contrary, they've been creating jobs for China. Right now, we've been hearing that hundreds of companies in China have been creating jobs on AI. It's benefiting the top players with high tech, with a good diploma and degrees, for sure. Yeah. But also, it's been benefiting a lot of the low-end jobs, for example, in Guizhou. Right now, the labeling job in Quezhou actually for people with only uh, you know basic degrees are having more than four thousand Chinese yuan to five thousand Chinese yuan a month. That can be a very good income uh, in that kind of a remote province, and that kind of okay. industry has been booming recently. Well, it is happening now in China. AI is happening. Semiconductors are happening. Huawei is happening. These things are in the short term as well as the long term. China produces tens of thousands of engineers every year. So technology is going to be great for China in 2024 and beyond. But other things too, travel, agriculture, there's some other industries that have been depressed that are going to turn around and help China in the short term. To you, uh what needs to be done so that economy uh, will benefit uh, in terms of whether it's called development uh, or whether it's called security? Well, I think there's a, a important new terms this year, right? So it's called Xian Li Hou you know, which sort of reverse the old saving of, you know, Xian Po Hou Li, you know, meaning, you know, you have to break the old rules to establish new world. And so this time around, you know, we're talking about establishing establishing something new, uh, while and then you know you break the old rules. Uh, so what that means is that while stability is still very important, and I think uh, you know a, a steady growth environment will provide sort of the stability that we're looking for. I think you know going to twenty twenty four and beyond, uh, development you know would be very important. You know, just now we discuss uh, te technological development, and also if you look at twenty twenty three. Uh, this year, it seems to me that you know GDP growth target of five percent and above uh, shouldn't be too difficult to attain. Uh, so, therefore, you know, if in a year when uh, property is still sort of struggling, then there must be new industry, new growth area that is making up for the the, the void that uh, left by that's left by the property sector. Uh, mm -hmm. So, I think you know exports next year would would uh, would be better than the uh, 2023. Uh, technological development uh, and also high-end manufacturing as well. So many of these new and emerging industries 
they're going to make up for or, or, or more than compensate, you know, for the void that is being left behind by the property sector. Mm. There were earlier expectations, Mr. Hong, uh, approaching the year 2023 when China opened the door after three years of pandemic. Uh, quite some uh, uh, growth as a result of this change. Now, at the end of the year, we look at the numbers, it's not necessarily reaching as a high level as many people expected. I'm just saying as many people expect them, not saying it's indicated by the government. What were some of the reasons for that? And in order to address those reasons, what needs to be done, Mr. Hong? Uh, I would say that you know, people, you know, who has been sort of uh, staying indoors for uh, for the three years during the pandemic, it takes a little bit of t- a little bit of time to to readjust uh, to the new world, uh, and also, you know, some of the uh, you know the you know after the re- reopening, uh, job stability and also income growth expectation, sort of. Uh, it is recovering, but it is still slower than uh, expected. So I think as a result, you know, because of there's still income uncertainties, uh, and also you know the economy is growing in new areas while the traditional area is still struggling, and therefore you know people sort of you know the lack of visibility of income, and also you know that affects people's confidence. So I think as a result, as you can see, like during the national holiday. Uh, the number of people that is uh, traveling, you know, the hotel room occupancy, you know, has been, you know, sky high. You know, it's actually higher than the level before the pandemic. But then, on average, the spending per capita is actually lower than expected. It's sort of on the same level as uh, as the level before the pandemic. So what that's telling me that you know the consumption urge is still there. But I think the uh, sort of the concern uh, for uh, income uh, visibility and, and stability is still affecting people's confidence. Chen mm. Wei, this is not 1924, this is 2024, and China should continue to open up more and more. The main thing I see would be to make the currency convertible. It would have a lot more investment from abroad, and Chinese could move in and out. It'd be good for China. It'd be fantastic for the world. It's not 1924. So you're doing many things right. Now open your currency. So, Mr. As Rogers, part you're of saying opening to the world. So, Mr. Rogers, you're saying there needs to be some very big step being taken to awaken everybody, refresh everybody's impressions about China, and build more confidence. Is that what you're trying to say? Well, yes, that's always the case. But look at the last 40 years. There have been lots of big changes in China. And what's happened? Look out the window, Chen Wei. It's been the most successful country in the world in the last 40 years. Let's keep it up. It takes big changes, not small changes. I think many things remain unresolved. For example, uh, the long pandemic issues are still bothering us. Just take a look. In Japan, in South Korea, and China, and America, still a lot of people are getting coughing every day. So people, like parents, like old people, they're getting afraid of traveling around. And also, well, another thing is that people are still lack of money. Uh, the inflation are eating away their profit, eating away their purchasing capability. And also, the geopolitical conflict is actually a flood, uh, is affecting individuals. For example, I've been traveling around the world in the, this year. We find out, well, because a lot of international flights cannot fly over Russian territory, 
So basically, the eight flight, uh, eight hour flight, won't probably take fourteen hour flight. It's yeah. been very, very. Long. And also, uh, it's not only China we try to welcome more tourists into the territory, but everywhere. I travel, travel to Manila, travel to Cebu, travel to Singapore, America. You will find out. Usually, take me four hours to get in. Uh, to the customs, get through the customs in America, but right now it's just only half an hour. In Cebu, I think many of the uh, on the the shops on the street front, it probably has been you know try to find a renter for uh, in the past of three years, but still not opening yet. I mean, everywhere. If you go to the largest, uh, you know, the uh, the shopping mall or it's like uh, the outlets in America in the East Coast, usually there are people mountain people see, but right now. Very, very limited foot traffic in there. Black Friday will show you the result. So I mean, this is pan-global issues. For the financial market, um, many are looking at signs as to how. It would respond to the latest work conference and also、uh, possibly future policies regarding what we just talked about. How is the market doing right now? I have to say the market is giving very tepid response to the meetings. You know because the meetings is laying out you know longer term plans, not just for 2024, but longer term plans for you know for economic growth going forward. But I think the market is you know has been looking for specific stimulus bazooka. Uh, from the top management, you know, trying to stimulate the you know the market prices to go up,、uh, so obviously you know it somehow disappointed、uh, the market. So I think as a result,、uh, you know, in general the market sort of you know having a, a tepid, very tepid response. But having said that, though,、um, you know, we're seeing parts of the market uh, is is uh, giving very strong response、uh, to the hints of technological development、uh, going forward. You know, for example, the Beijing Stock Exchange. Uh, it's up very strongly today, despite the, an overall、uh, the bigger broader index、uh, is is down. So I would say that you know it's a selective response.、Uh, so even though the broader market you know is lukewarm-ish towards、uh, the conference, but I think you know anything related to technology development is doing quite well.、Mm. What about green technology? A、uh, green technology had its day、uh, during the year. You know, at one stage, many of the EV car makers was up like eighty, eighty percent to hundred percent, and within a matter of weeks,、uh, so it, it did have a really good rally、uh, in the middle of the year. But I think at this juncture, you know, because the Chinese、uh, EV manufacturers are taking market share from its competitors, and also the Chinese EV makers are, you know, the number one、uh, EV exporter of the world. So you know, one has to stop and and ponder, right? So how much more profit and more market share、uh, can you gain from this rapid、uh, stellar rise of the Chinese EV makers? So I think you know, for this sector,、uh, the the potential is still there. But I think the market is taking a pause to see, you know, how much valuation they should attach to this kind of growth potential.、Mm. Uh, Mr. Chu, what's your observation of the market's response? Well, I think the market response is, you know, to be hesitating because still there are a lot of uncertainties.、Uh, on one hand, I think they have a reason for that. On one hand, for the green technology,、uh, the definitely in the mature market, it's been brutal competition happening right recently. But I think、uh, the market failed to watch is、um, outside the you know traditional market. There've been new 
augmented the market has been there. For example, recently, I think the top leadership is visiting Vietnam. I think many deal has been already sealed over the green energy, for example, uh, in a solar panel and a hydraulic power station and et cetera, as well as for the EV technologies. And there are many places like this, uh, like in Vietnam, like in Indonesia. Yeah. Well, there's some fact, for example, Indonesia are talking about, can we have some uh, electronic, uh, you know, boats? Because those countries, they rely on the boat for the delivery services and et cetera. So probably nobody are thinking about this before. And I think major players in China building the EVs are trying to get into that market. So I think more and more niche market has can be what well, will be found in next year immediately because people are still doing it. Mm. So I think uh, we can still depend on foreign trade plus uh, equipment, uh, you know, manufacturing industry plus the new energy. How much space is still there uh, to be explored, and how will that eventually work into the growth? Uh, of uh, the economy for the year 2024. Your quick response. Well, I think you know, we are going to face a long tail market recently because the major growth, uh, uh, the major growth phase has already begun. Uh, right now, before the AI and other technology is getting really matured, and before we find some other major market happening again in America and in the Europe, I think the long tail market, like in the developed nations, emerging markets, will be our opportunity in the next one or two years. Mm. Uh, Mr. Rogers, uh, Belt and Road Initiative, uh, well, that's one of the things uh, China is working on together with uh, many from the developing world. They're also uh, partners in the global north. Uh, how much do you see uh, these kinds of efforts are likely to contribute to the Chinese economic growth? Uh, and also the future trends of growth. Anyway, Belt and Road is going to be one of the most important things in the 21st century. The railroad came along 200 years ago and changed the world. Belt and Road is going to do the same thing. Some people are going to get very, very rich. Likewise with technology in China, green energy, you know, solar panels, electric vehicles, China has many engineers, and some of those engineers are going to make China even more successful. And Belt and Road is one, one of those things that is going to change the world. Will these be sufficient to bring more momentum of growth for the year 2024, Mr. Rogers? Yes, yes, you have to start somewhere. Remember, you had a big property collapse and you had a, a virus. And by 2024, we will all be happier and happier. <laughs> That's a... So I will buy you a cup of tea next time I'm there. Good to know. I hope more people will travel more frequently to China these days. I need to check out what's going on here before making decisions, right? Uh, Mr. Hong, though, what about international environment for the Chinese economy? Of course, the geopolitics is a big thing for the year 2024, given major elections happening in North America and certainly some elections also in Europe. Now, how do you see business communities are working these factors in in terms of their growth map? Yes, um, I think the uh, international um, investors are still hesitant to put their money in. Uh, even though we're taking, you know, very large Middle Eastern uh, investors are taking the lead uh, to put money back into this market, and they're actually adding to their positions. Mm -hmm. uh, but then at the same time, uh, I think you know some of the uh, Western investors mm -hmm. are still uh, quite hesitant to commit 
uh, to this part of the world. But you know, as as uh, Mr. Rogers just said uh, just now, uh, you know, because many of the uh, problems that we're facing, the challenges that we're facing, is actually hitting bottom. You know, for example, you know, property, you know, isn't doing great. But you know, how much worse can you get from here? Uh, and also, we have a, a new development phase uh, uh, that is ahead of us. So I think gradually, you know, as the market, you know, warm up to these ideas and market returns start to improve, then I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, international uh, investors uh, coming back uh, to this part of the world. Uh, but, but then already, you know, the Middle Eastern investors are already, you know, punting big time, adding uh, to their positions uh, as, as we're speaking right now. Mm. Some say, Mr. Rogers, we are seeing a multipolar world, but whether it is multipolar or multi-stakeholders uh, depends on the wording. But most importantly, how do you see the different lights shining on the world map in terms of economic growth? How do you see China's interactions with these shining points likely to come into being for the year 2024? What are you observing? There are very few markets in the world that I would want to buy right now. China's one of them. It's still depressed. America's at an all-time high. You're supposed to buy low and sell high. What does that say to you for the year 2024 if, uh, uh, about the U.S. economy? Is it going to be going that way or is it going to go flat a bit for investors like you? It is America's had the longest period in American history without a bear market. We're coming to the end, so it's probably going to end in 2024. Mm. What does it say to you in terms of uh, uh, China and the U.S. Uh, uh, trade and investment links uh, for the year 2024, if the picture is as you described? Well, both countries should open up. Unfortunately, you know, when things, when there are elections, people hit, hit, hit foreigners, and that American politicians do that. But international investors should be looking to invest in China, not get out. Mm. Mr. Chu, what are some of the tools that China's financial systems have uh, in, uh, in supporting the, the confidence and the trust? Uh, of the business community and common folks, and also as a result, to uh, bring support to the growth of the economy? Well, I think we have already heard many tools is coming out. Uh, for example, uh, we've been lowering our interest rate for uh, the SMEs and uh, some other areas of the companies uh, for sure. So people are enjoying lowered interest rate and the cost in the financing, and also for agriculture, for the high tech. Uh, some of the areas we do not have enough collaterals, they also can get uh, you know certain amount of the uh, loans for now. And uh, also, uh, people, uh, the government are supporting local government and a local borrowing platform to you know replace their current you know lendings and the lower the leverage ratios. And also, central government has extended its own uh, fiscal deficit ratios to support everything. So I think they're all good signals for sure. But furthermore, I think we're still going to wait for the central government how they can support directly to the household to help them to repair their balance sheet, uh, you know, more than ever. So if we can do that, and I think the uh, confidence and expectation can be repaired uh, as soon as possible next year. What uh, industry sectors you are going to watch very closely for the year 2024 here in China? And what do you see will be that moonshot policy 
if there is, uh, to support the economy and the growth. Uh, Mr. Rogers? Well, there's a wonderful Mandarin word, Weiji, which means that disaster and opportunity are the same thing. We don't have that word in English. You've been around longer than we have. Look at travel, tourism, look at the things that have suffered in China because they are great opportunities in 2024. Okay, you go philosophical this time. Uh, Mr. Chu. Well, foreign trade and AI and also the long tail niche market. I mean, the AI company in China are making money right now uh, and also uh, facing the long tail market and niche market, for example, like the PDD okay. uh, or perceived version of Tamu making loads of money right now. So I think this is going to be a short term opportunity for next year. And that's all the time we have for today. Look for us on YouTube, World Insight, and also Twitter and Facebook. I'm Tianwei. On behalf of the team, thanks for being with us.